UFC 225 is going down tonight. I'm super excited. It feels like it's been a minute since we've had a pay-per-view as stacked as this one. And also, this is a cool occasion because I'm actually going to watch the fight card with my buddy Nate. I normally watch it alone in my mother's basement, but uh, tonight's rare, and I'm actually going to venture out and watch it with somebody who's a true fight fan. So I'm pretty stoked about that. But the only thing is we're going to watch it after the live broadcast because Nate works late tonight. So I figured it'd be cool to watch it with somebody since it's so stacked, so many good fights. So I've gone dark. I cut off all social media. So there will be no spoilers, even though I love spoilers. I'm going to do my best to watch it raw and um, experience everything for the first time with Nate. So we can um, go through the fight card real quick because I know um, you guys love it when I talk UFC. So that's why I chose to talk about it first. So let's just get it out of the way on the UFC fight pass prelims. Um, We got Clay Guida versus Charles Oliveira. Honestly, I'm picking Oliveira all day. And then the next fight, a very interesting fight at flyweight, Joseph Benavidez versus Sergio Pettis. Um, I'm going to ride with Benavidez all day. I think he's uh, the best flyweight in the world. I think he beats Mighty Mouse. First fight, okay, we'll give that to Mighty Mouse. Second fight was a fluke. Uh, Let's run that rubber match, and we'll see how it goes down. And the last fight on the prelims, or the fight pass prelims, excuse me, is Rashad Evans versus Anthony Smith. Uh, honestly, I'm going to go with Anthony Smith. I feel like Rashad uh, is path, way past his prime. I feel like he should have retired a couple fights ago, maybe when he lost to Sam Alvey. But, you know, it's up to him to decide to actually retire. So when it comes down to that, I'm going to pick Anthony Smith. And then on the FS1 prelims, we got the return of Ricardo Lamas. He's fighting Brassard Bektik. I'm picking Lamas in that one. I feel like overall, Lamas is better. And then we have Claudia Gadelia versus Carla Sparza. Honestly, uh, Gadelia is the favorite, but I think if Carla Sparza uses her wrestling and just uh, stays on the outside, I think she can beat Claudia. So I th- we're going to pick Sparza for that one. And then for the main uh, FS1 prelim, we got Alistair Overeem versus Curtis Blades. And this is a very interesting uh, fight at heavyweight. I'm going to go with the veteran Alistair Overeem. In his last outing, he got knocked out by Francis Ngannou. Um, But that's just the way the fight game goes. Things happen. Curtis Blaze is young, uh, still developing his striking. And I think Alistair Overeem uh, can defend his takedowns. And even if it goes to the ground, um, Alistair Overeem has an underrated submission game. So... I want to pick Alistair Overeem by TKO. And moving up to the main card, we got CM Punk versus Mike Jackson. Uh, honestly, I'm going to pick CM Punk because I want to see him at least get one W before he um, ends his UFC career. And then we have Andre Arlovsky versus Tuivasa. I'm going to go with Arlovsky on that one. Uh, I think he's just um, his better striking. Uh but he could get clipped. His jaw is questionable, but I'm picking Arlovsky. And then we have Holly Holm versus Megan Anderson. 
Uh, this is a very interesting fight because it's the first women's non-title featherweight fight to happen in the UFC. And yesterday at the weigh-ins, uh, you could definitely see a size difference in the two. Megan Anderson definitely looks like a true featherweight when Holly Holm looks like a true bantamweight. Uh, but when it comes down to skill, I'm going to pick Holly Holm uh, to take the decision over Megan Anderson. And then the co-main event, which is probably the most exciting fight on the entire card, is Rafael Dos Anjos versus Colby Covington for the interim welterweight title. Uh, honestly, I see Dos Anjos picking him apart in every aspect of the game. I see him uh, taking him down, stopping Colby's takedowns, even though Colby's supposed to be the better wrestler. I see Dos Anjos outstriking him. So I want to say Dos Anjos wins by TKO. And then moving up to the the main fight, which is a little disappointing because Yoel Romero came in point two over the weight limit uh, and he's fighting Robert Whitaker. And it was really weird. He came in overweight, so obviously uh, the title can't be on the line, but they're really tight-lipped about actually announcing the terms for the new fight uh, after the weigh-ins. Um, but yeah, they're going with the non-title fight which is very disappointing because um, Yoel Romero came in overweight in his last fight against Luke Rockhold and knocked him out. And it's just going to be a bad look for the division if he comes in and does the same against Robert Whitaker. Um, but I honestly don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be like the first fight. Robert Whitaker, uh, I think he's going to look better than he did in his last fight against Romero because of his last fight, he actually hurt his knee during the fight. So, he wasn't even fighting at 100% in the later rounds. So I'm picking Robert Whitaker by decision. Um, but yeah, so let's just see how that goes. I'm actually very excited to watch the fight card tonight, um, which is really weird because the the card starts at main card starts at seven. Uh, I think Nate says he gets off at nine, and I think we're going to go pick up some wings. So honestly, we're going to start the card just as it ends so it's, it's gonna be a long night tonight but it should be very very fun and i'll say it, it's been a long time since i've actually gone out and watched a fight with somebody i remember when i used to live in brea i used to stroll down to the local buffalo wild wings and since i was a loner they'd always put me at the bar because they couldn't give me a table because people would come in with groups and uh it was weird but one night, I remember the, I think it was the last time I ever went to that Buffalo Wild Wings to watch the UFC. It was uh, Ronda Rousey versus Holly Holm. And uh, they messed up because uh, you were able to reserve seats. So they messed um, my seat up and gave away my seat at the bar. So they asked me if it was cool if um, I got seated at a table with a bunch of random people. And I, honestly, I didn't mind because I was just there to watch the fights. I wasn't trying to make any new friends or anything. So I got put at this table with like four guys I'll never forget. And they didn't uh, seem to have too much knowledge on mixed martial arts, but they were doing like live betting through some like weird website that they had signed up for. And I could overhear them like discussing bets that they should make. And for some reason, I just wanted to help them out because they were making some bad decisions and everything was good. I was winning them money all the way up until the main event and they asked me oh who should we bet on Holm or Rousey and 
me being an idiot, um, I told them, oh, just pick Rousey. Holmes not going to do anything. <laughs> and sure enough, uh, when Ronda Rousey got knocked out, I was so bummed because she was one of my, my favorite fighters because I respected what she did for women's MMA. I watched her from uh, her in Tough Enough uh, into Strike Force, then into the UFC. So I'd followed her career from uh, almost near the beginning. And it was just crazy to see her get destroyed like that. And the guys weren't too upset that I made the wrong call because all the other all the other fights I had made the right call. And man, I was so bummed. I, I remember she got knocked out. They played the replay and I was in the elevator riding down uh, to the first floor before they even made the official announcement of who won the fight. And I couldn't believe it. I remember I got my car and, and I called Nate funny enough. And I'm like, dude, do you see what just happened? And we were both freaking out because she was on this crazy win streak and then she just got destroyed. It was a wild night, but I'm actually excited to watch the UFC tonight. So shout outs to Nate for being down. I'm actually really excited to get wings. Um, I think I ate too many pretzels the other day. Cause I had this weird cut on my tongue and it's really bothering me. So I just hope it doesn't affect my um, wings tonight. I hope the sauces don't burn through this cut on my tongue. Um, but that's about that. So Marvel and Vans uh, teamed up once again. I'll say once again, I think they teamed up before. I'm not too sure. We'll just go with they have because they've done um, a million major collabs. But anyways, uh, Friday, the Marble Vans collab dropped. I actually went to the mall, which is really weird because I'd never do this. I went to the mall early before Vans even opened and I got in line uh, because I really wanted a pair of the new Vans. And I showed up and there wasn't uh, that many people. There's like two people in front of me. And I got in line and by the time the store opened, it was like a madhouse. There was like over 50 people that were in line just to get this new drop. It was actually kind of funny. Um, I was, I didn't think it'd pop off that much, but a lot of people showed up and the only things that I knew I was going to buy was the Captain Marvel skate highs. And honestly, I thought they would have plenty just because I was like the first person there and I wasn't too worried about it selling out. And I, I remember uh, walking to the back of the store where the suit, where the shoe section is. And I was on the men's side and I didn't see the Captain Marvel vans on that side. I saw every shoe, but that one. So I lo look over and I see that it's in the women's section. I'm like, Oh wow, here we go. Um, being a male in 2018, these major companies don't think that we can like these female characters that so don't make things in our sizes. So I have to suffer. And I called one of the, the associates over. Actually, I had to wave this guy over. I was actually pretty upset. So they were so adamant about us getting in line. And, you know, I waited patiently. I didn't want to be some crazy savage. So I waited in line. They opened the store. Everybody just like kind of rushed in. And I just walked straight to the back where the shoes were. And the two people in front of me are the two people that were in front of me in line got service. And I was like, all right, cool. They got service. I should be the next one. But this guy comes out from the back. 
he looks at me and he looks over at this pretty girl in the shoe section and he's like, oh, hey, do you need help? Just totally bypasses me. And in my mind, I'm like, wow, I waited in this line. Now I'm getting skipped over by this girl that just showed up like five minutes later and uh, wanted to get his name and take it to City Hall. But I figured it just didn't matter. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get shitty service at this store that I never come to. I was like, I'll just deal with it so I can get these shoes and I can leave. And the guy who skipped over me wasn't even the guy that ended up helping me. This other gentleman came over and asked me if I was all good. And I just asked him if he had the Captain Marvel in my shoe size. I wear a size 10. So the guy's like, uh, he looked kind of worried. He's like, oh, he's like, let me go in the back and check. He seemed like pretty hesitant. And he was like, yeah, like uh, these are like considered like a women's shoe. So the sizes don't go that big. And I was like, all right, that's fine. I'll just wait here. Um, and if you have them in the back, cool. If not, worst case scenario, I'll just order them online. So he goes to the back and he comes out and he's like, oh, hey, we don't have a size 10, but we have a size nine if you want to try it on. And I was very skeptical. I was like, ah, I was like size nine. That's like a whole foot size smaller than what I actually wear. I was like, but I guess I'll try it on. And as I was taking it out of the box, he actually mentioned that um, those skate highs run big. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Maybe this will fit. And sure enough, the the size nine fit. And I was just like super stoked because I didn't want to have to order it online and wait for it. So I was pretty stoked and I uh, got the Captain Marvel pair. And uh, one, one little detail, actually a, a couple things I didn't notice about the shoe. Uh, on the inside of the shoe, they have uh, Captain Marvel printed. Uh, she's like soaring through the sky. And then on the tongue on the inside, they have a little embroidered tag and it says um, Earth 616's number one skateboard shoe. I think that little touch uh, makes me happy because people just don't understand the, the little things like that. Um, the, the little uh, attention to detail is just uh, um, amazing. So I'm actually really stoked on getting uh, these pair of shoes. I'm actually going to wear them to the park tomorrow. So if you see me, come say hi. Let's take a picture. Uh, if you happen to get a pair of any of the Marvel vans, put them on. Let's meet at Disneyland tomorrow. Let's take some cool pictures. Let's go ride pirates. That's what I want to do. I want to ride pirates. I actually want to meet the redhead because they have her walking around the park, which is pretty interesting because I've never done that before. But I, I really wanted to take a look at the Venom hoodie that, that they made, but the van store that I went to didn't have it. And they also didn't have the Iron Man shirt that I wanted. It was like super simple. It was like uh, just I want to say it was uh, embroidered, but it could have been screen printed. It was just an old school Iron Man head. It was a pocket print. But they did have a, a pretty cool uh, Iron Man hat that I didn't see advertised online. So that was actually pretty cool. It was like a red hat. I thought it was cool, but I wasn't that into it. I need a new black hat. And they also had this, like this really weird, uh, like it was like this weird faded green hat, and it had a beast from the X Men, which that was like the most random thing ever, because he wasn't on any of the other items. Like they didn't have a beast shoe. He wasn't even on any of the shirts with the other Avengers on it. Why did I say Avengers? Actually, yeah, most of the people that were in this club were Avengers, except for like Venom. But it was interesting. Uh, it was a great drop. Happy with the shoes. Uh, just not happy with the guy's service. 
just blows my mind. He just like skipped right over me to go to this like girl. And I was like, wow, this is what it feels like. I have to be looked over because I don't um, have uh, female organs, but it's all right. We're over it. We got the shoes. We left Vans and we were um, in the mall and in the mall, the homie Big Al was working. So I wanted to go show him some respect and uh, see how he's doing. We hung out the night before we got coffee and I had a little get together, which was pretty fun. So it was cool. Went in there and talked to him. And then after that, wasn't really feeling too well. So I uh, bailed on all my plans that I had Friday night, which I feel bad about because uh, sometimes I feel like I let people down when I really don't want to. But when it comes to my health and my time, I just have to put myself first sometimes. So canceled all my plans. I just went home to relax. I feel a lot better now, but um, I got like my throat. I don't know what it is. Every time I hit the studio, I, my throat just gets really phlegmy. Um, maybe it's all like the coffee that I'm drinking. Wednesdays might be my favorite day of the week because of a new comic book day. And for the longest time, I just uh, slacked it so hard. Like my pull uh just became a long box and my back issues just got way out of control but i had to sit down and curate my pull list and now i'm only reading what i absolutely love and i'll take chances here and there but before i was just reading everything like on the shelf if it was like remotely connected to anything that i mildly liked i was like picking it up but it got to the point where I was just reading a bunch of nonsense and things that didn't really matter. So I was able to cut down my pull by a lot. And with uh, Marvel, DC, like restarting, this is actually like a really nice place to um, jump back in. So this Wednesday, I picked up Man of Steel 2. Uh, shout out to Brykel. Brykel. Um, Brian Michael Bendis uh, and shout outs to the homie Mark Wade. I picked up his uh, new run of Doctor Strange and Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, so it, it felt really good to get back to the comic shop and pick up new stuff instead of buying a ton of uh, back issues of books that I wasn't even in, into anymore. So really stoked about that. But also um, uh, Felix and I kind of have this new routine where um, we go to the movies and then maybe hit up Disneyland afterwards. And this week we actually went to the movies. We watched uh, that new movie upgrade, which sounded pretty cool. Um, I was like, whatever about watching it. I wasn't like too stoked, but I felt like, you know, it's a movie got decent ratings. Like it can't be that bad. And overall I feel like it was, it was okay, but it, uh, just the ending and just a lot of things I just w like wasn't satisfied. Like I wanted a little more. I wanted something like um, like a better finale to the story. And it's like a little like open-ended. Um, they could do another one, I guess. But a lot of the key characters that um, they need died. Oh, spoiler alert. Um, but whatever. I didn't say who died. People die. It's a movie. Um, but it was like, whatever, I, I, I wouldn't watch it again, or maybe I, I wouldn't pay to watch it again is what I should say. So go watch upgrade. Let me know how you feel about it. It was kind of fun. Um, watch that. I should do, uh, after the movie, 
it, it's so funny the, the girl that um, is always at the ticket booth it, it's gonna be weird when we see her this Wednesday but um, she's really pretty and Felix was like dude you, you gotta shoot your shot it's 2018 and I was like all right you know it's it's been a while um, your boy has been, you know, focusing on himself, not really, uh, talking to too many of the ladies. So I figured why not best case scenario, we end up at Disneyland on hyperspace mountain, worst case, uh, <laughs> I make a fool of myself. So, uh, went up to the ticket booth and she was like, Hey, like, how can I help you? Cause she totally recognized me cause we're there all the time. And I was literally just at the booth buying my ticket and i was just like oh i was like hey my name is jamie and she was like oh my god wait from jamiercade.com and i was a little taken back because i didn't think she knew who i was or how she even heard my website and i was like yeah like that's me and she was like oh my god like hi like i love your content like it's nice to meet you and i was like for sure like that's that's cool like thank you so much for being into my website and i just told her that I thought she was pretty, loved her eyebrows. I complimented her nails and just, you know, asked her if she wanted to like hang out sometime. And she got like really bummed. It was weird. Uh, I, I thought I said something wrong, but she was like, no, she's like, I'm so sorry. I have a boyfriend. And I told her, I was like, yo, like, it's totally fine. Like, you don't have to apologize. Like, um, I totally understand. Like, you have a boyfriend. That's cool. Um, it was nice talking to you. Like, have a great day. And she was like, oh, cool. Like, thank you. It was nice meeting you too. And, um, it was kind of weird because I just kind of had to like walk away at that point. Cause like, it just was, felt like it was getting awkward and Felix asked me what happened. And then I had to tell him I was, just, uh, I was a little bummed out, but you know, it's 2018, you got to shoot your shot. You got to figure out, um, uh, if it's going to work out or not. Sometimes you have to take risks and, um, I had to step out of my comfort zone and I did, um, which reminds me of this movie that I just watched. Uh, it's a Netflix original. I actually talked about one um, a couple episodes back. Uh, I forgot the name of the movie. It's the time traveling one with the photo booth um, with Adam Levine. But this new one that I just watched, I'd been putting it off all week, um, but I finally was able to sit down and watch it. Um, it's starring uh, Gillian Jacobs. It's, it's called Ibiza. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. Just look it up on Netflix. Uh, Gillian Jacobs. Shout out to her. I've been been a fan of her since I saw her first on Community. And then I don't know what she's been in after that besides Love on Netflix. Another Netflix original. Shout outs to Netflix. Uh, I swear to you guys, this isn't a paid sponsorship. It's just um, organic. I pay for my Netflix subscription. And also have a couple leechers on the account, so shout outs to them too. But um, Ibiza, like, I thought it would be like some crazy, cool, fun love story, but it just felt so, like, felt so like unreal because this girl, she's from New York. She works in this office. Um, I'm pretty sure she works for like an ad agency because they there's like a little montage of her calling different companies, trying to sell them on different like products and ad space. It's really weird. And so she's like getting turned down left and right. And then she gets called up to her boss's office and her boss is just like, um, Harper, her, her character, her character's name's Harper. So they're like, Harper, uh, you've been with the company for a while. I think it's time to finally send you on a business trip. 
So we're going to send you to Barcelona to land this deal with this sangria company. Like we want to bring their sangria from Barcelona to the U S it's going to be a big hit. We're going to make millions off of it. And, um, we think it's time for you to finally go on your first business trip with this company and, um, see if you can land the deal. And if you do, you'll get promoted. You'll have growth in the company. Uh, don't fuck it up. So she's like, hell yeah. Like I'm down. Like I can totally do this. And, um, she lets her friends know. She's like, Hey, like I'm finally going on a business trip to Barcelona. Like how sick is it going to be? And somehow her friends, um, they con her or they don't really con her. They, they convince her to, um, have them fly out with her and then they just party and they can do the business stuff on the side. So it took a little bit of convincing and then they end up in Barcelona, t- uh, together, which is weird because, um, at one of the airports, there's a scene of them all sitting down eating Cinnabon. And I was like, man, that's a product placement right there because there's no way that they just randomly decided to eat Cinnabon. Because if they did, they probably would have made up like a fake company. So Cinnabon probably got some money off of that. Um, But they end up in Barcelona and they meet up with like the their company's rep from Barcelona, which makes no sense to me because why are they sending uh, Harper to Barcelona if um, they're meeting up with this guy? His name's uh, Diego. Um, but maybe I just don't understand how their business works. So they send Harper out to meet with Diego and Diego's uh, basically telling her um, about how the meeting's going to go. He's going to talk to the guys. He's going to be at the meeting with her and they're going to sell sell them on the idea of bringing their product to the U.S., so Diego's like, all right, cool. I'll see you in a couple of days um, uh, when the meeting starts. And Diego has a thing with one of, one of Harper's friends. I can't even remember her name because uh, she's so forgettable. She's actually like the ditzy one, which is actually really annoying. I didn't like any of her friends at all. So um, that night in Barcelona, they end up at this club, like a nightclub. So cliche, right? They're in like this nightclub dancing, blah, blah, blah. And this uh, DJ comes out and his name's Leo West. And he's just on stage. And then somehow out of the millions of people in the club, uh, he makes eye contact with Harper. And then like over <laughs> the bump in EDM, they're able to communicate like, oh, hey, you, I'm pointing at you. Like, come over and I'm going to take you on the stage and I'm going to talk to you. So they end up, uh, she makes her way to the stage and the backstage with Leo and they like have this moment, they like hit it off. Um, and Leo gives Harper his number and she's like, Oh my God, like this is so crazy. And he, he's like, yeah, like I I hope to hear from you soon, blah, blah, blah. And then she gets back with her friends and they're at this VIP table and the guy that um, owns the VIP table was like, hey, like, I know Leo West, like you guys should come to my house party. He's going to be there. So they go to this rich guy's house and it turns out um, he doesn't know Leo. And it's just some like big uh, swingers party in some like rich guy's mansion. Like uh, there's like half naked girls dancing. Um, there's people having sex in all sorts of different rooms. Everybody's like super friendly, which is actually kind of cool and then they get offered like all sorts of different drugs which is actually kind of funny because it reminds me when i was in that summer house in palm springs 
I was in almost that same exact position, except for I don't think it was a swingers party, and um, there people weren't that nice. I guess like people were like kind of friendly, but they weren't as open as the people were in the movie. But there were a ton of drugs being passed around. Um, I'll never forget having to shimmy my way past uh, these 10 girls doing cocaine in the kitchen just so I could warm up my pizza. And I'll never forget being so mad that uh, somebody ate my pizza. Well, they didn't even eat all the pizza. Like I set my pizza down to the dining room floor, not the floor. What am I talking about? The dining room uh, table. And then I can't remember why, but for some reason I had to go upstairs and I remember looking down from upstairs. I, I looked over the balcony and I saw my uh, my plate on the table with my pizza. And there's this giant bite taken out of it. And I was like, wow, what a bunch of freaking savages. They just took one bite. Like I much rather would have had them eaten the whole thing. So by the time I got back, it was just gone. But the fact that I just saw them take one huge bite and just leave it there pissed me off. I was over it. Kind of wish I didn't go to that uh, party. But it's kind of cool, whatever. Crazy stories. Now I can say I've been in that crazy environment. But in the movie, uh, one of the girls, uh, I forget her name. She's so forgettable, too. There's three girls. So there's Harper and her two friends. Um, one of Harper's friends is getting eaten out by this guy in the jacuzzi. His girlfriend comes, chases them out of the mansion with a knife, and they leave. And Harper's really sad because she's like, oh, my God, I uh, didn't find Leo. Like, my life's over. Like, this sucks. Like, we had a moment, blah, blah, blah. And they, like, drunkenly make it back to the hotel. And I can't believe I'm still – I'm just basically telling you the whole movie, and maybe I can save you guys from watching it. But basically, they make it back to the hotel, and Harper's sad that she's not going to see Leo again. And they look him up on freaking Twitter, find out he's playing – uh, the following night in Ibiza. So they're, hey, like, f- like fuck your business meeting. Like, let's go to Ibiza. We can just come back uh, before your meeting. Like, it'll be totally fine. And somehow they make it work. They fly to Ibiza. She finds Leo. They fall in love. She makes it back. Um, doesn't quite make the meeting. Ends up getting fired. She starts her own business. And then um, Leo calls her. Uh, he's in Paris. She's in New York. He was like, hey, I had a really great time. I can't stop thinking about you. Like, will you please fly to Tokyo with me? I, I want to spend the weekend with you. And she tells him no. She's like, no, like, I'm not going to fly to Tokyo. Like, I just started my new business. If you want to see me, come to New York. And then that's where the movie ends. She went all, like, feminism on him, which was okay, cool, I guess. Because she did fly out to Barcelona, not to see him, but she did fly to Ibiza to go see him again. So I guess it is his turn to fly out and see her just to make things fair. So overall, um, Ibiza, I'll give that, uh, give it a four out of 10. Probably would watch it again if I was really bored just because I really like Gillian Jacobs. Um, But I would not recommend you guys watching it because I just spoiled the entire movie for you. And if I brought a girl over to the trap house, I don't think that'd be a good movie to show her. But anyways, uh, Ibiza, Netflix, watch it if you dare. Um, I'm actually really looking forward to going to the movies this week because I really want to watch that new movie, Hereditary. Hereditary? Why did I say that so weird? Um, Hereditary, uh, scientifically, it's supposed to be the scariest movie based off this article that I scrolled over. (laughs) Um, 
but I'm, I'm actually going to talk about uh, it with Nate tonight because I know he saw it yesterday and I was going to watch it today, but Felix told me he wanted to uh, wait till Wednesday. So we have our movie Wednesday. It's going to check it out. So definitely looking forward to that. Um, speaking of Wednesday, I know I mentioned Mark Wade's Doctor Strange. Uh, I highly recommend that book. Um, if you're just a fan of good comics, like that story is uh, really interesting to me. And the way that Mark Wade set up uh, the story in issue one is amazing. I actually am just really into it. It was really weird. Like as I was reading um, each panel, I was like, why am I liking this book so much? And then I just remembered, oh, it's Mark Wade. Um, he's a great writer. And also the the artist, got it. I'm drawing a blank on his last name. It's uh, uh, Jesus Saez. I'm probably not pronouncing that correct at all, but I love uh, his artwork. Um, he's, he's done a couple stuff in the past. Um, he did some work on the Avengers, the whole standoff uh, storyline. And then I can't remember what else he worked on some old X-Men books, but I actually really like what he's um, doing with that. So go check that out. Mark Wade, Dr. Strange, um, Disneyland. I can't wait to be back there tomorrow. I'm actually really stoked. Um, they just reopened pirates. And I've seen a lot of people post um, videos of the new scene, um, and I don't want to see it on any videos, even though like I already know the storyline. I just want to experience it for the first time in person. So um, normally I, I love spoilers, but I'm just weird with this one. I don't really want to deal with any spoilers, so I'm just trying to skip over it. But I, I'm not mad that people post it. Um, I just skip over it. I'm not dumb and spoil it for myself if i don't want to see it i'm just going to click over it not a big deal if you know what i'm talking about last week we did a san diego trip which was actually pretty cool uh but somehow we goofed and didn't invite garrett sorry if that was disrespectful i felt really bad that we went to his city and didn't ask him if he wanted to come along uh thanks a lot felix just kidding but next time uh we for sure have to invite Garrett with us so he can show us all the cool local spots and we can avoid all the touristy stuff that isn't actually cool. But we went down to San Diego for a show, which I, it was actually really cool. We went to Soma, which is crazy because the last time I was in Soma, it was, oh God, I also want to say it was 2008. It was my birthday, 2008. I went and saw Forever the Sickest Kids uh, at the Soma Side stage. Um, and I honestly don't even know who opened that show. All I know is I cared about going to see Forever the Sickest Kids because at the time they were like all I cared about. And honestly, still, still a great band. I would love to be able to see them one more time. Uh, but the uh, chances of that happening aren't very likely. But um, if they ever came to California, or Southern California, I would definitely make the trip out to see them because um, their discography super solid. And I'll never forget when Underdog Alma Mater came out. I was sitting in my room and I just didn't want to talk to anybody. I just wanted to experience the album by myself for the first time. And uh, just the opening track just literally gave me chills. And front to back, that record is perfect. And I stand for that band um, to this day. And I still wear the merch too. And it's funny because people 
will uh, see me rocking their gear and just like look at me funny because it's not a hardcore t-shirt. And I'm like, whatever, get over yourself. You don't understand how great this band actually is. But anyways, we were in San Diego. We were hitting uh, the Power Trip show. It was Power Trip, Sheer Mag, Fury, and Red Death. And I feel like I'm forgetting another band, but I think that might be it. Um, but we, we went to the Soma. The show was actually happening in the side stage, which was crazy because um, the night before that tour package uh, sold out the region, which was crazy. It was pretty cool. Um, we... Uh, we hit up San Diego. It was a big group of us. I can't remember everybody's name off the top of my head, but in the car that I was in, it was me, uh, Felix, and Armando. Pretty solid team. Um, what did we do? We got to San Diego. We went to some coffee place, which was uh, pretty cool. I'm not like the biggest coffee guy, but uh, Felix is all about his uh, artisan coffee. He likes the the pour overs and his um, matzapan lattes and all the other fancy stuff he introduces me to. So we showed up and um, it was like a nice like communal space. Uh, I, I don't even remember what other shops were in there, um, but I figured I'd try something since we made the trip out. I, I ended up getting some like soda. It was okay. It was like actually really bitter. Wasn't the biggest fan of it. Uh, the best part about the place was the fact that they were showing Black Panther. So I just kind of watched that. And uh, shout outs to the homie Matt. Matt Floden. He wanted to ask my opinion on Solo. Um, and at the time, he hadn't listened to the podcast yet. So I just basically told him everything I said on the podcast, which was pretty cool because he seemed uh, interested. And I had some pretty cool takes on it. And uh, since then, since I've recorded that podcast till now, uh, I've actually grown to like the movie more than I did. So I'm actually pretty surprised about that. But still, stands as the worst Star Wars film ever made. Uh, and people like to argue that it's not. But if we um, look at this little fact that Solo is the only Star Wars movie ever to not profit. So just uh, take a step back and just think about that for a second. But anyways, uh, after coffee, we went to Lucha Libre, which was cool. Um, we actually, I've only been to the, the same location that we went to. Um, it wasn't the one in North Park. I honestly forget where it was. Um, but I got a burrito, which was fine. The, the food was good. It's a nice spot. If you're ever in San Diego, uh, you should go check it out. Um, and then after we got uh, Mexican food, we went to the show, which was weird because it's always weird being out of um, being at a show that's not your scene. Uh, so we got there pretty early and there didn't seem like there was a lot of kids there, but everybody ended up showing uh, later, like in the middle of the show, like during Red Death, there weren't a lot of kids. And then as the show progressed, more and more kids showed up. Um, Fury was perfect. I love that band so much, and it's always like a pleasure seeing them. The venue we were in, uh, it was like an old movie theater, so like, uh, it's weird because it's like the, the floor is obviously at an angle because that's how movie theaters are. Um, so it's always weird being in a venue like that. That reminds me of this venue that I went to, and uh, I want to say it was Yuma. Um, I also can't remember the, uh, that far back, but the homie Jeff Yuma. He booked Austrian Death Machine, and I got to see them in this old theater. 
And I remember the stage being really high and it was like, it was like a mission to get up on the stage to do a stage dive. It was crazy. I don't really like stages like that, but, uh, basically saw Fury and, um, it was like the second to last date of the tour. So they were sold out of everything in my size. And I was actually kind of bummed about that. So I, I didn't end up getting any merch. And I didn't watch Sheer Mag and I didn't watch Power Trip. I was so tired because I had worked that day. And uh, the oh, yeah, because I had to come in and help for some extra stuff. Um, so I came in on my day off and then I had worked the next day. So I was like super, super tired and I was just dreading it. And during uh, during Power Trip, I was uh, outside talking to uh, the homie Armando and he had this guy with him. And I don't even remember his name. And, uh, generally I like to be polite to people that I don't know, but this guy was just like so annoying. He was a one upper and he just had to like pretend like he knew everything. And he kept like telling me about how he was on tour with so-and-so. And I literally had no idea about any of the bands that he claimed to be in. And he kept talking about how he um, books shows and he was trying to be cool by telling us about this upcoming First Blood tour that he just booked. And um, I just didn't really care. And I, I really, really just wanted to walk away and be just like a rude asshole. But out of respect for Armando, I stuck around, even though it was literally the worst conversation I've had in a long time. And finally, the guy left. I think he went to go get like a smoothie or something. And I asked Armando, I'm like, dude, what is up with your homie? The guy is so fake. Like you could just tell just everything. Like my bullshit detector was just going off so hard with everything that he said. And uh, he he was so fake and so random. He was claiming to know uh, my, my homie Keith Freeman because uh, somehow I brought up how I flew out to Boston for Edge Day. And he just kept going on about how he knew uh, Violence to Fade and all these bands that played and how he was dying that uh, he couldn't make it out to Edge to Edge Day in Boston. And he wasn't even straight edge. And uh, it was just the weirdest thing. But after he left to go get his smoothies, I asked Armando, like, what was up with that dude? Because he, I could totally tell that he just was so fake and he was actually kind of annoying. And Armando's a really nice guy. So uh, he actually informed me that he doesn't even really know that guy, that every time he goes to shows, that guy just randomly pops up and sucks him into these conversations. And I felt dumb because if I knew that from the beginning, I would have just walked away because this guy was going on about um, how he's a part of this tribe and he speaks their native tongue, but he couldn't speak the native tongue to us. And he uh, went on a mission trip to the Middle East. He's from Gaza and all this BS. And it was just really annoying. And I hope I never have to see that guy again in my entire life. And if I do, I'm just going to walk away. I'm going to be rude. I'm just going to walk away. Not going to get roped up in these random uh, stupid conversations. Um, But I was just so happy at the end of the show uh i'm sure you guys saw my instagram stories i was so excited to get back to orange county because it's the one place that i truly love it's home to me and uh respect to the other scenes but i just love being home and going to shows in uh my hometown Uh, orange county forever i'll always represent even though there's people out there they don't want to support their scene they want to support other scenes because they wish they're from those scenes 
that's fine. I'm never going to stop supporting my local scene because that's what's most important to me. Because growing up, I had no shows. I didn't have a scene. We had a struggling scene. Shout outs to Steve Kipple, Blackheart Productions, for bringing the best shows the desert's ever seen. Uh, the best show ever was like in 2003. It was Down to Nothing, Blacklisted, Cast Aside at the Castle in Indio. Um, the only other show that could probably rival that was the one that Patrick Blake booked. He booked that crazy fest at the same venue. It was um, Death Star, Suffocate, Bloodline Calligraphy. Uh, who else was it? God, I, I can't think of the, the other bands. Misericordium came down. Hoods came down. Um, God, what was that one band from Orange County? They're part of uh, that stupid white tea crew. God, I can't think of their name now. Um, but Adora played Inval's Murder, the best band from the desert ever. There'll, there'll never be another band as big as Inval's Murder. So shout out to everybody in that band. Um, but yeah, so growing up, we didn't really have anything. Like we had to travel to go to shows. And luckily I was young, but I was fortunate enough to have older friends like Cody Cowan, uh, Chad Roberts, um, guys like that, like Ernest, uh, who would actually be willing to take me some random young kid to go to all these shows. And I always appreciated that because it was such a hassle to have to come to the cove and drive out to the Inland Empire, Orange County, you know, hours away from home and then have to drive all those hours back in the middle of the night just so we could experience hardcore. I will never, never forget those days. I was so appreciative. I was able to experience showcase back in the day. Like I dream about going back to that venue. Some of the greatest shows I've ever been to have been at that venue. So that's why I always want to support my local scene because growing up, I didn't have one. So I don't want to take it take the orange County scene for granted and just, you know, be all wishy washy with it. I want to support it as much as I can. And even if I'm not a fan of the band, you know, I still want to promote the shows because who knows it's not, you know, maybe that band that's playing is not for me, but it could be for somebody else. So just as long as we spread the word, um, the awareness that shows are happening, you know, venues are still willing to um, let these bands play. It's um, very amazing. Uh, in this day and age, even though like we have awesome venues like the Observatory, uh, Chain Reaction, uh, but we also have these DIY venues like Program. Program is one of my favorite things about Orange County because some of the sickest shows happen there, and I will always appreciate those guys so much, and just appreciate what you have because there's other people um, that are involved in hardcore that don't have it as good as we do. And it's a struggle. Um, people have to drive hours just to get to shows that will literally take us 20 minutes. And, you know, I've been on both sides, both sides of the fence. So I know how it is. And that's why I um, take my scene serious and try to do as much as I can. Um, obviously, uh, Orange County first. But I will always appreciate every other scene as well, because hardcore we're supposed to be a community, which is always rough because it's hard to keep us united. But I do these interviews, I post all this stuff on my website so I can promote everyone. And I just wanna do it for you guys and I appreciate everybody that supports me because it's it's a collective effort, obviously. If there was no bands, I'd have nobody to interview. Um, so we just gotta work together and keep hardcore alive. Orange County, hardcore forever. And um, your scene too, your scene matters. Uh, hashtag your scene matters. Uh, that sounds really dumb, but 
Uh, that's a joke. Don't don't start that hashtag. I hate hashtags. Um, that's why if you notice on my Instagram, uh, here's the shameless plug for my Instagram at xjmiex. Go follow me if you're already not. But um, 99% of the time, I don't hashtag. And uh, people get at me like, oh, your photos could be way more popular if you hashtag. And it's like, I literally don't care um, how popular my photos are. I just post them. Uh, and if you guys like them, cool. I appreciate that so much. But if not, that's cool too. Uh, do your thing. There's uh, you know, a million photos that I've looked over that um, I haven't liked, even though uh, mentally I did like it. Uh, so it's all good. And yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm so lost with this rant. I don't even know how I got here from uh, from hardcore, um, but it's okay. I'm lost, and we can just move on from that. Uh, what do we got uh, coming up this week? I already mentioned that I'm really looking forward to the movies with Felix. Oh, totally forgot. E3 is happening this week, and I couldn't be more excited for it because um, obviously there's always good announcements that come out of it, and sadly uh i had to turn down a great opportunity i feel like it's okay to talk about it now it's not that big of a deal but i got offered uh to work the event whatever not a big deal um i got offered the or a, a position nothing important uh, just to work at, at the soul the soul caliber booth um which is crazy because i love soul caliber going all the way back from uh, be being in, I'm pretty sure I was in middle school. There was this guy that lived at the end of my block. His name was Tony. Um, but fuck Tony. Cause he's a little bitch. Um, <laughs> he, he just turned out to be really fake. Uh, he, uh, we don't, we don't have to get into it. Just fuck Tony forever. Um, but <laughs> when we were younger, uh, he let me borrow his Dreamcast, which was crazy. Cause uh, I'd never had a Dreamcast, and there's a lot of games on that system that I got to experience because of Tony, um, on his Dreamcast, he brought over, uh, Soul Calibur, Crazy Taxi, Fantasy Star Online, and Power Stone. And one of the coolest games I, that I played was uh, Soul Calibur, and uh, that was my first uh, introduction to the series. And then Soul Calibur 2 came out on PS2, and I remember there was a arcade at the Palm Desert Mall called Tilt, and they had a Soul Calibur 2 arcade machine, and uh, my buddy Ronnie, he was really into it, so that made me get into it even more. Um, he, we, I think we shared similar uh, main characters. We both used Cervantes, the undead pirate guy with the two swords. Um, and that had this really cool mode. It was like a, it was, it was like a conquest mode. Basically, you go to the conquest mode, pick one of the three factions, and um, you, you'd have to fight the arcade mode, whatever. But the more battles you won, the more uh, points you got and territories you would take over, and you just had to try to take over the world with your territory which I thought was actually a really cool mode. And, you know, we would literally take trips to the mall just to make sure our faction was ahead of the others. And it, it was always fun showing up and seeing people from other factions playing because we'd put our quarters in and just destroy them, which is crazy because um, uh, back then, like my knowledge of fighting games, uh, like no joke, like, like for Street Fighter, for 2D fighting games, I was like the worst out of all my friends. Uh, but when it came to Tekken and Soul Calibur, I was better than them. Uh, so played a lot of Soul Calibur 2. 
and then Soul Calibur 3 came out. That game was so awesome. I'll, I'll never forget. Um, that's when they introduced my new main character, uh, Tira. And I don't know what it is. Uh, growing up, I've always been attracted to playing as girl characters. And like my cousin, my friends, um, my mom would accuse me of being gay because I would choose them. And I'm like, no, I'm not choosing them because I'm gay. I'm choosing them because they're freaking hot. I like to see them titties bounce, um, which is actually kind of funny. But I uh, was attracted to Tira and just use that character. And I was stoked because she was new because obviously playing Soul Calibur 1 and 2, we'd seen you know so many of the same characters for so long. So I was just stoked on having a new character. And from Soul Calibur 3 on, uh, she's the only character that I would use. I would dabble with others. Uh, obviously, I'd always still play Serantis, but he never really changed that much. Um, and then Mitsurugi, uh, pretty cool samurai guy. But uh, Tiro is always number one. And as far as like guest characters, I, I always thought they were cool, but never really like a main focus to me because they were never as cool as Tira. Something about that ring, that ring weapon. I don't know what they call it. It's been so long since I've even like, like since I've played Soul Calibur, I've never tried to get good at the game. I've always just uh, go into tutorial mode, learn the combos and then just be like a casual player. So, um, cause I just recently started to get good at fighting games, like seriously learning how to play like street fighter five. Um, actually, I, I guess you could say like, uh, street fighter four, I was terrible in, um, ultimate Marvel versus Capcom three is when I started to get more serious. I would train with the homie Jayco. Um, I don't know where you're at these days. I know you had a baby. So congrats on being a father. Uh, I miss you. Miss the sessions we used to run. Literally, uh, Jayco was a, a friend of a friend, but through um, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom, we became actual friends. He would actually come over to my apartment. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bring nobody to my apartment. I think uh, when I lived in Orange, I brought over um, like a total of like three people, and Jayco being one of them, uh, he would come over, and we would just run sets all day just to uh, sharpen our game. And then, um, so with Ultimate Marvel, God, I'm talking so fast. I'm so excited to talk about this. So starting with Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom 3, that's when I started taking the game more serious, like learning, uh, you know, uh, your B&B combos, learning uh, frame data, and actually uh, studying the um, meta, uh, like what was going on in tournaments. So like I knew who was good and like what strategies and what teams to fight against. Um, and then uh, Cross Tekken came out. Uh, which was probably one of the funnest experiences I'd ever have because um, obviously it was two on two and you can go online and you and a partner could be on the same team. So Jayco and I would literally go online and just beat up people all day. And that literally was was seriously like one of the most fun I've ever had with a fighting game just because uh, just knowing that I wasn't alone in the fight and I could rely on somebody else that was just as good as me to get the job done. It was always so fun. And like, we'd be um, in chat just having a blast. I was actually really sad to see that game die. Obviously it wasn't like the deepest uh, when, when it came to like technicality and like the combo system, uh, it grew stale like pretty fast, but still like one of my favorite games ever made. Um, still waiting on that Tekken Cross Street Fighter. Uh, got my fingers crossed that'll come out one day. We got a little taste of it with Akuma and Tekken 6. 
or is it Tek- no Tekken Seven? God, I'm so bad. Um, and Tekken Seven, but so after Cross Tekken came out, you know, I kind of just uh, didn't really get that good, and then the build up to Street Fighter Five, I was like, okay, this is it. This is the one game where like I'm smart enough to know how to play Street Fighter, but I have to put my knowledge to use and actually be good at the game. And I don't know if I cursed myself, but since uh, season one, they're in season three now. Um, but since season one, I was like, okay, Laura, she's a new character, uh, new to the franchise. I was she, just her character model and the fact that she's a jujitsu fighter uh, that got me super excited because obviously I'm into MMA. So anytime they have uh, something cool like that, I want to gravitate towards those characters. Um, so I told myself, no matter what, as long as Laura is not a charge character, because I can't play charge characters because I'm not that good yet. Um, as long as she's not a charge character, I'm going to learn how to play her and be good. And that's what I did from from jump. As soon as, uh, you know, beta was out, I was playing Laura uh, and from season one to season three, you know, the ups and the downs from her being, you know, top tier to now her being middle tier. Um, I still rock with that character and I've literally tried to get good with other characters. And I just can't just because I'm so hyper focused with Laura. I know all of her combos, what to do in the best situations in and out. And um, I just don't really jive with any other characters. Uh, but I'm hoping that changes because it's fun playing her, but I would love to play other characters. Like I wish I was good with a Buki. Uh, I'm really interested in seeing what G looks like. And then I have to play Sagat when he comes out. Cause he's just like, OG, triple OG. Um, but okay. So this whole rant about when I started actually taking fighting games serious, um, since I've taken fighting games serious, uh, there hasn't been a new Soul Calibur because Soul Calibur five came out and I was kind of like, whatever, like I tried it, but it, like, I didn't really care. Um, but for some reason, Soul Calibur six is coming out and I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to get good. I'm ready to go to, to actual, take this to tournaments and actually fight other people. Um, and obviously the game's already been announced. Uh, they've showed off like a, a number of characters already, but they haven't shown off, uh, Tira or Cervantes, so I'm kind of worried that um, they won't be in it. But there's rumored to be like a large cast, so I'm not like too worried. Like Cervantes is almost guaranteed because he's been in like every one. Uh, Tira, she's like a newer character, but they brought like they've already uh, introduced like one of the new characters from uh, Soul Calibur Three. Uh, his name was Zasalamiel, big guy with a scythe. So I'm pretty sure Tira should be fine. Um, but games I'm excited about when it comes to E3. Um, the highly rumored uh, Resident Evil 2 remake, uh, which would blow my mind because from what I've been hearing, it's not going to be just a updated graphics remake. Like they're supposed to actually change the game, which I would be stoked about because when I was younger, like Resident Evil Director's Cut, like w- one of my favorite games ever. Like I, I could play the game all day. Like when they did the uh, the HD remake for that, I bought it right away. I played it like a million times and I, I, it's so bad. Like I like that game so much that I actually learned how to speed run that game. Like uh shout outs to the homie carcinogen, like the top speed runner for that game. Uh, I look up to him when it comes to Resident Evil speed running cause he does it all perfect. So I, I would be super pumped for a Resident Evil two um, remake, not just HD, but like a, a cool remake. And that's supposed to be announced. 
Um, so I would love to see that. Uh, also, I've heard rumbles about maybe a new Onimusha, which would be sick because growing up, like I never really got to play Onimusha. Why did I say that weird? Onimusha. Um, I actually watched my cousin Alfie play it, and he just made the game look badass. And I would love to have like a new one or even like just like an HD remake of that. I would love to play something like that. Um, what else uh, have I been uh, hearing about? Um, maybe we can see more Death Stranding, uh, give us more footage so we can be even more confused on what the game is about. Uh, that would be cool. Uh, there's a ton of stuff. Uh, EA had their thing today. Uh, the only game that looked interesting was that Anthem game, but it doesn't look like super interesting. It just looks like something I would play uh, here and there. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to Fallout 76 because um, Fallout 3 came out and I was super obsessed with that game. It came out at, uh, at a time I was like unemployed. Like, I can't remember what job like I had just lost, uh, but I remember my mom bought me Fallout 3 and I had my uh, Xbox 360 and that's all I did all day. Like uh, it was so bad. Like I was so like locked up in my room. Uh, my mom would try to come in and she tried to give me money to to go out and do stuff and I was like no like you're paying my cell phone bill right now because that was like the only bill that I had like I had a used car at the time so I didn't have a car payment um, and I think she was paying my insurance too yeah so she was paying my insurance and my, my cell phone bill that's all I cared about I'm like that's cool um, you know I'm, I got Xbox Live for the year you got me Fallout like I'm good and like I'm still trying to find a job I'll figure that out eventually but other than that, like I don't need anything else. I don't like I don't need to go out. Um, I'm just gonna play Fallout forever until we figure this out. And it was bad. And like I don't know why, but I just had like uh, trouble sleeping. So I would be up so late uh, playing Fallout Three, and then I would just go and like read stuff about Fallout Three, like on Wikipedia and just like the most random articles. And then even like when I would go to sleep, like I would have like these lucid dreams that I was in the wasteland, you know, with a, my pit boy listening to the three dog radio and just trying to survive. It, it was bad, but I, I love that game so much. Uh, it's probably like one of like my like top time, like all like uh, like all time favorite games. Um, and I remember I was super hyped when uh, Fallout New Vegas came out and I was into it, man. Like I was ready to do the same thing. I was ready to deep dive, lose all my friends and just play the shit out of this game. Um, but I don't know how it was so buggy. Like I, I remember the last time I ever played it, I still haven't played it to this day. I, I had this session and for some reason I didn't have like, <laughs> I don't know why it's so hard for me to say that. I, for some reason I was playing like, it was like probably like a 40 minute session, but I didn't have auto save on. <laughs> Had to say that real fast. I don't want to mess it up. I didn't have auto save. Auto save. I didn't have auto save on. Sorry, sometimes I have a speech problem. I didn't have auto save on and I fell through the floor because like the game was super buggy. I remember there was like this big disclaimer when it came out like uh, we're going to patch it. Like we're going to fi like fix all these glitches. And, and I just remember like. I fell through the floor and I couldn't get out. I couldn't even kill myself. I was in like this weird situation where like I, I couldn't kill myself. Um, and the last save that I had was like 40 minutes prior. And at that point, like I had done like so many quests, leveled up, like, you know, killed a bunch of random things to get experience. And I was so frustrated because that wasn't the first time that it happened. 
um but it just happens at that time it just like pushed me over the edge and i was like fuck it fuck this game and i just traded it took it to gamestop got my two cents and just moved on and i just couldn't go back to it even like by the time they like patched it and fixed all the glitches um there's so many other good games that came out that i just forgot about it um but then fallout 4 fallout 4 was the fucking shit that game was so badass uh i I played it on Xbox and PlayStation and I got uh, all the achievements, all the trophies and that game was just as amazing too. And I'm ready. Um, I'm ready for another uh, trip into a, a, another vault. I don't know what uh, vault 76 means T- to be honest. I've been like staying away from like all the speculation and rumors. Like the only thing that I've seen that it, um, it's supposed to be like an online survival RPG. I don't even know what that means. Uh, when I think of online RPG, I just think of like World of Warcraft or Final Fantasy fourteen. Um, so I just, I'm just not really sure what to expect from Fallout 76. But I'm definitely looking forward to that. I seriously can't wait for that. Um, I'm uh, hoping for uh, like more uh, Spider-Man stuff. And what I'm crossing my fingers about is maybe, just maybe, um, we'll see footage or maybe at least just a logo or something of the Square Enix Avengers game, um, which I'm really, really looking forward to because just Square Enix and Avengers, like two of my favorite things colliding. Um, I just want to see something. Like, I don't know if it's going to be an RPG. Are we getting like an action game? Um, like what story of the Avengers is it going to follow? Are we doing like age of Ultron? Are we going to do civil war? Are we going to be current with, uh, infinity war? Could, could be anything. Uh, but whatever they do, I just hope it's, uh, awesome. Like action packed. I want multiplayer. Like I want to play with my friends, like, uh, squatting up, like let's squat up. I'll be iron man. You guys can be whoever you want. I want like, want like, like a big roster, not like Marvel Ultimate Alliance big because then they just have to like, you know, make cheap characters. But I want them to give us like a nice solid roster of characters that we can choose from. Obviously, with this game, I want to assume that they're going to go with things based around the, uh, the MCU just because it's so familiar to the general audience. Um, so, yeah, that's like what, what I'm crossing my fingers for. Maybe um, an actual release date for Kingdom Hearts 3 uh just anything maybe give me something that i'm not expecting uh gears of war 5 uh allegedly got leaked um just i don't know what to expect (laughs) sitting here thinking about it now i'm actually kind of sad that i'm not going to be there uh to experience all the cool stuff i I probably should have taken that gig um yeah because shout out to the homie li joe uh, he's going to be there. It, it'd be uh, sick to run into more people from the FGC. I remember last year I saw uh, Killer Kai and F Champ. Um, so shout outs to them. But yeah, uh, hopefully E3 will uh, will have some cool announcements um, and even more information on new stuff that we already knew about. Uh, definitely looking forward to that. And so yeah, so that's that's happening in the middle of the week. And next weekend, actually next Friday, uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go to the observatory to see Sheck Wes, uh, which is supposed to be the next hottest rapper. 
I just want to be, it's crazy because it's going to be in the constellation room. So I, I want to be there, be up front, um, screaming, live Shrek West, die Shrek West. It's just going to be popping. Maybe I'll run into the homie Adam 22, uh, get him on for an interview. That'd be pretty sick. I could finally, uh, have my first guest. Um, and it'd be Adam 22. That would be super crazy, but who knows? We'll have to figure it out on Friday when we're at the observatory. But I think that that about does it. I actually got to start getting ready. Um, got to meet Nate. Uh, I think we're meeting at his place, or maybe we're going to meet at Wingstop. So shout out to that. Uh, UFC 222 is going. It's live right now. I'm getting texts from Jeff Yuma about results that I'm ignoring. Sorry, Jeff. I love you, but um, I got to go into this spoiler free. Um, about to get some wings. We're going to get wingy. Um, oh, but before I forget, uh, I, I wanted to throw this in here. Um, Felix and I were having this debate um, at Drip uh, about which um, franchise or which uh, property of Marvel is more popular, which is sold more, Spider-Man or Iron Man. And we are going back and forth. Uh, he was spitting facts. I thought I was spitting facts. Um, but apparently I wasn't. Um, I, I told him that uh, Spider-Man sucks so bad that Marvel put him up for sale and they wanted to keep their top tier properties like Iron Man. That's why they weren't up for sale. But it turns out I was wrong, Felix. It turns out I was dead wrong. Iron Man, Thor, Doctor Strange, they were on the table for Fox but Fox was like, nah, fam, we just want Spider-Man. So they turned it down and I was gloating about how Iron Man wasn't up for sale. And you know me, I like to do my research. Um, so I will admit I was wrong and that's okay because I'm not perfect. Even though you like to think that I am never wrong, I can be wrong. And I was wrong in that argument. So I apologize, but we still don't know who's worth more Iron Man or Spider-Man. Um, if any of you listeners have any input um, in this discussion, uh, comment below and we'll get to the bottom of this. But until next week, Jamie K Podcast, always on top.